Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. Do you love our praise and worship team at all? Do they do a good job? Give two people a high five. Tell them they look good in church and you can be seated. If you're watching online, I just wanted to tell you, we're so thankful that you did. People watch from all over the world, both live and our service replays. If you happen to be in Texas, in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come experience a New Heights Church service live and in person, and we promise we'll make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 13, Luke chapter 13. When we started the church some six years ago, uh, I remember the first service like it was yesterday. We had approximately 20 people there. 19 of them were related to me and from out of town. And I was like, look what the Lord has done. Praise God. And I'll never forget the second service. The second service, uh, I remember because there was only about six people there. And I was like, man, what, what has happened? I, I was, and I don't mean this any, any weird way, but I was shocked that there was not just hundreds of people there. And the reason I was shocked is because I know what God put on the inside of me. I know the vision that he gave me for New Heights Church, for this region, and beyond. Does that make sense? So I was like, man, what in the world is going on? But I realized it was going to be a brick-by-brick situation of building. I remember many people uh, joined with us at that early stage and, and began to just give their life and 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 follow after uh, what God what God was doing through New Heights Church, and I was thankful for it. But then I remember other people that came, and all of a sudden they they wanted to go somewhere else. And I remember thinking, "Are you silly? Praise the Lord! I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a in a weird way. And you know, we bless everybody that comes, everybody that goes. That's just who we are. We're not here to talk about anybody, and I would never uh, try to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness gracious!" I know what God's going to do. I've seen glimpses of what God's going to do. And I don't want to miss one minute of it. So I remember about six months in, church was starting to get a little bit of traction. We had maybe seven people, praise the Lord. And I remember got done preaching a message and I was so, I so enjoyed it because I, I, I really like the, the meat of the word of God. If you want to know how I get my kicks, I, I like to get my kicks by digging up stuff in the word of God that's hard to find on the surface. What do you mean? I thought you could just read the Bible. Oh, sure, you can read the Bible. But some people have a gift to find things. Some people have a knack. Some people have an anointing to find things. Other people, uh, and I hope I'm in this category, labor after it. In other words, remember the scripture? Has anybody ever read their Bible at all? Just wave at me. Glad you're here. There's a scripture that says, don't throw your pearls before, before swine. That's right. In other words, don't, so now you got a picture of pearl back then was not found at Kay's Jewelers. A pearl back then meant somebody rode their way out in a handmade canoe or boat of some kind, 
dove into shark-infested waters, got salt in their eyes, reached through the barnacles and the coral to find an oyster that may or may not have a pearl in it, went back up to the surface after holding their breath, put that thing in the boat, climbed back in the boat, rowed back to shore, took a sharp knife, and probably one out of 20 oysters, you cut yourself when you were opening it. They opened that knife, they opened that oyster, they found that pearl, and that pearl doesn't always look like it looks on a necklace when you find it in an oyster. It has to be cleaned up. In other words, when somebody finds a pearl, that has a lot of invested value in it. So that's why God's saying, don't take those secret parts of your life that you had to endure all kind of things uh, to get to and just haphazardly toss them to something that's going to stomp on them. Does that make sense? So you don't find pearls oftentimes laying on the beach. Most of the time, you got to go deep and go find them. Same thing with a diamond. Most of the time you don't walk around and there's a diamond just laying on the ground. Most of the time, somebody's got to dig for sometimes years to find a diamond. And then when you find it, it still has to be polished and cut. So that's what I enjoy. I enjoy finding those pearls and diamonds in the word of God that may not be there on the surface that will change your life. Does that make sense? So for me, that's how, that's how I enjoy teaching. That's how I live my life. I, I find them and then I change my life and I live by them. That's what I do. But, but I remember about six months in, I got done preaching a message. And it was like, man, that was so fun. I, it, was, it was exactly what I wanted to say. And the Lord spoke to me after the service. And he said to me, did you enjoy that? And I said, sure did. Praise God. Praise you. I enjoyed that. And the Lord said to me, how are they going to use that Monday? And I was immediately convicted. Because when, 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 especially when a church is very young, and most of the people in our church at that time were born again in our church. They, and I don't mean this to sound, you know, any kind of uh, um, rude at all, but they needed some foundation. Does that make sense? Our church needed some real foundation. So the Lord instructed me to begin to teach very uh, foundationally. So I did. And for uh, three years, four years, that's, that's, it was, you could probably go back and listen to some of my sermons now with an understanding of that's the direction that I was teaching from and understand we were laying a foundation at that time. If you're my age or older, you probably know the story of David and Goliath. But if you're my age and younger, there's a good chance you might not. It's a different society than it was. So we had to build some foundations. And a couple of years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, you can, you can begin to share deeper depths. And I thought, praise the Lord. How many of you experienced that at all at our church? You said, man, I saw the shift. I remember that. So now uh, I believe the Lord is is freeing me or releasing me. Let me tell you how this happens. It happens because you begin to put a draw on the gift. You begin to put a draw on the house. See, this isn't about me. This is about you and your relationship with the Lord. God just happens to use preachers to get the word of God from heaven into your heart. You see what I'm saying? So what happens is you begin to put a draw and now I feel the Lord has released me to just deliver deeper depths. Does that make sense? So today's going to be a little bit of that. We're all preparing uh, for Sacred Sunday, which is next Sunday. Don't miss next Sunday. It's one of our most powerful services of the whole year. We'll receive that very special offering. Pastor Crystal and myself will be right up here uh, to touch and agree with you and hug and just thank God for what he's done in 2018, but then to believe God for what he's going to do in your life in 2019. 
But in order to go to new levels or pardon the pun, new heights, there has to be some nutrition that has a different value than the nutrition that you had when you were a baby. Does this make sense? When you're a baby, you can throw your Cheerios on the ground, spill your milk, and everybody says, that's cute. But when you're an adult and you do that, there's a problem. Does this make sense? If it, I'll never forget. I, I had no idea this was the case until I started having kids. I will never forget when, I shouldn't name the baby, but so I won't name them, our first one, okay? <laughs> I'll never forget when she had her first diaper. My mom and my wife were like, oh my gosh, look at that. I'm like, I ain't looking at that. When you're a baby, even your poop can be cute at times. You see what I'm saying? But when you become an adult, don't nobody want to see that. You got to go to a different level of maturity. Does that make sense? So if you keep acting like a baby, you're going to get baby results. But if you start trying to say, all right, I'm done with the milk. I, 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 it fed me for a season. But preacher, can you give me some of the meat of that word of God? Can you bring me some filet mignon? Can you bring me some ribeye? Come on, put your hands together if you're here for the meat of the word. Luke chapter number 13. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, I taught and I said, I showed very clearly out. The scripture indicates that when you build the house of God, when you build the church, it is an identifier for God that you care about what he cares about. Uh, now I want to go to kind of a different place because now we're only a week away from Sacred Sunday and I'm going to read about some things you may be experiencing right now. I know Crystal and I and our family, uh, we're experiencing some of this. Uh, but Luke chapter 13, verse number six, the scripture says that Jesus teaching and he began to teach a parable and he says, a certain man, everybody say certain. certain. So here's the thing. When you're in the Bible, when you're reading your Bible, anytime you hear or see certain, you can inject yourself in that story. You can, you can inject, when it's talking about a certain person, a certain man, a certain woman, if they did something wrong, you can inject yourself in that story to know that the grace of God is sufficient. If they did something great, you can inject yourself in that story to know that every person has been given the measure of faith. So you can apply yourself. In other words, when you read the story of David and Goliath, you paint yourself into the picture in David's role. Does that make sense? That's how the Bible is, is supposed to be taught so that you can know when there are giants that are screaming at you, God has already given you the weapons of warfare that are necessary before you get to the battle and no weapon formed against you will prosper, but he will cause victory to overtake your adversary. Does that make sense? So you paint yourself, oh, and just as a side note, when you're reading David and Goliath, never paint yourself as Goliath. It will not work out well. Luke chapter 13, verse six, a certain man, if I say certain, he had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon, but he didn't find any. So the certain man went and he had a fig tree and he, he wanted some fruit off the tree, but there was none. So verse seven, he said to the guy that worked the vineyard, the dresser of the vineyard, behold, listen to this. Three years I come seeking fruit on this tree, this fig tree, and find none. And he said this, cut it down. Why cumbereth, that's an old word we don't use much anymore. Why cumbereth 
it the ground. The, 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 that word translates, why should we deplete the resources in the soil by something that's not bearing fruit? Does this make sense? So he looks and he's looking for some fruit. Everybody say fruit. The reality is in the book of Genesis, when you were formed and you were made in God's likeness and his image, one of the first things that he said to Adam, which was all of humanity at that time, was be fruitful and multiply. And if you read it quickly, it can almost sound cute. But the problem is when the Lord speaks, it is not a suggestion, but it is a command. Does this make sense? That's why you don't feel complete until you have completed something, until you begin to bear some fruit. When you're a teacher and you see the light bulb start to turn on and the, the kindergartners begin to read, you start feeling something because you're bearing fruit in the effort that you're trying to bear fruit. In. You were made in God's image and by God and his command, which was not a suggestion, was that you would actually bear fruit. Somebody say fruit. That's why God wants you to continually press towards the mark because when you're doing that, you are actually in his image. Now, what we have here is a picture of the owner of the vineyard. That would be like God in the story, God the Father, looking down, seeing the tree. The tree's not developing any fruit. And he says to the dresser of the vineyard, the dresser of the vineyard would be the guy that worked the vineyard. In other words, the person who actually had his hands in the dirt, the person who had his hands in the ground. He said, cut it down and get rid of it. He said, for three years, somebody say three, for three years, there's been no fruit. Now, now don't hold this as a, as a finite doctrinal statement, but cycles, seasons, and repetitions are all through the Bible. So when you see the number three, three almost always means a season of completion or something that is complete. Does that make sense? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God is one, yet three manifested. The Bible says that Jesus was dead for three days. Then he rose from the dead. The Bible says that he was here for uh, uh, 30 and three years. So these are all different cycles that we see in the Bible that replicate over and over and over again. So I believe there is a season of a three-year cycle. And sometimes, and maybe you've experienced this, you have your job and you sit there and somewhere around year three, you you used to be fanatical about your job. You prayed that God would give you the job. You prayed for the promotion that you got. You get the promotion. God gives you the job. And somewhere around year three, you start kicking the ground. Say, I don't know if this is for me anymore. Now, sometimes it's God calls it, calling you to a different place, but sometimes it's, it's God trying to see, can you pass the cycle that has been completed and enter into the new one? A lot of people lose their blessing because they can't pass the blessed test. Look at your neighbor right in the face, even if you don't know what I'm talking about, and say, blessed test. Here's what the blessed test is. The blessed test is you come to God, you don't have anything. Where I'm from, we say it like this. You don't have a pot to... We say, put water in. What do y'all say? Or a window to... Y'all heathens, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you come to God, you don't have nothing. You're sick, you're busted, you're broke. Your family's, you know, in shambles. You're addicted to drugs. You're addicted to alcohol. You're addicted to pornography. You got all these problems. 
And you come to God, oh God, save me, oh God. And a preacher comes up and says, God will set you free, God will set you free. Preacher says, God will bless your money if you'll tithe. You begin to tithe, God begins to bless your money. And now all of a sudden, six months into the blessed life, you don't recognize the need for God like you used to recognize the need for God. It's the blessed test. Can you be blessed and still be consistent? Because what will happen is your need for God does not diminish. You still need him for your next breath. You hear me? I don't care if you got to make a million dollars a minute. You can't, you can't snatch an ounce of life without almighty God allowing it. Not an ounce of life. But at the end of the day, if you begin to get into that blessed life, and then you begin to devalue what got you to the blessed life. You hear what I'm saying? The blessed test. Can you stay consistent in the cycle? So the, the, the Lord looks down at the tree that's not bearing any fruit. He said, cut it off, get rid of it. If you're with me, say amen. amen. He said, cut it off and get rid of it. Get rid of, get rid of it. I don't want the soil's nutrition to be depleted by something that's not delivering what I want. Somebody say fruit. Being fruitful and multiplying was not a suggestion, it's a commandment. So when the eyes of God look over the earth, he is looking for those who will bear fruit. Somebody say, that's me. What does he want? We're going to show some videos here in a little bit. Maybe you've seen one over the last couple of weeks. The fruit that he's looking for is souls. So when you sow into this house, we take those resources and we do everything short of sin to bring God what he wants, which is souls. Because being fruitful was not an option. The person that you know, the person that you care about, that you know needs an encounter with God. See, what happens is when we get too familiar with something, when we get too familiar with something, we stop to, we, we cease to recognize its impact. So you come to a church like this, And the presence of God invades who you are, but it happens so often here, we get familiar with it. But see, God is holy. Somebody say holy. Holy. The fact that he's willing to change you, the fact that you're willing, that he's, that you're able to experience him in this environment so consistently, so consistently is not because he is not holy. It's because of the consistency of this house. You see what I'm saying? Everything we do is to try to, if you know it, say it with me, love people and point them to Christ. God is looking for fruit. So when you and me get to that place where we begin to come together and we begin to see the hand of God move and then we get too familiar with what's going on. I've been not all over the entire world, but I've been over a lot of it. And what's going on here on a very consistent basis is not going on everywhere. I walked off the platform after the first service and a lady came up to me. She said, she said, pastor, a few weeks ago, you prayed for me. They said, I had cancer. You laid your hands on me and I just wanted you to know, I just got my CT scan back and there is no cancer now. This, this is not going on everywhere. You see what I'm saying? So what you do is you begin to recognize it and you get, and, and you say, I'm, I refuse to get familiar with what God calls holy. Now, I don't mean familiar like comfortable. We should be comfortable. But what I'm saying is familiar like take for granted. Does this make sense? 
So what happens when we take for granted is we forget, we forget the impact that it's making on our life. And then whenever somebody tells us about one of their problems, we, it doesn't snap with us that that was the Lord giving us the opportunity to bring them to the house of God where the presence of God resides so that their entire life can be changed. And instead of looking at it as, as an opportunity, if I read the Bible correctly, it's not an opportunity, it's a command. Because he went looking for fruit. Somebody say fruit. Fruit. Souls is correct too. A minus. Just kidding. So he goes looking for fruit. And the Lord says, he says, three years I've been looking. He said, I haven't had any. The scripture says that the dresser, the one who had his hands in the dirt, he said to him, he said, Lord, would you let it alone this year also? Till I dig about it and dung it. So the Lord says, cut it down. I don't want it wasting the nutrients of the soil. But aren't you glad that somebody is interceding on your behalf and asking you for one more chance? Asking God for one more chance. You see, Moses went up the mountain. You may remember this story. And the Bible says that God gave him the Ten Commandments written on stones. He walks down and everybody that had just been delivered from slavery from 400 years of bondage has already lost their mind and they are worshiping a gold cow. Moses looks and gets angry and he throws the stones down, the tablets. It's where we get the term, break the law. God gave Moses the law of God. He throws the stones down and the law was broken. The Bible says that Moses drew a line in the sand and said, everybody who's on the Lord's side, get over here. And everybody who's on the Lord's side survived and everybody else got cut down. The next morning... The Bible says Moses got up early and he went and hewn out or cut out two more stones. And the Bible says he carried those stones up to the Lord. And he asked the Lord to give him a new covenant. You see what happened? The first time, it doesn't say that Moses brought the stones up. The Bible just says that Moses brought them down from the mountain of God. In other words, the first covenant came from on high down to the people, but the people broke it. The second covenant, in order for it to be lawful, had to come from the people and taken back up to God, but God still had to sign off on it. You see, this was the story of Adam and Eve, or excuse me, Adam and Jesus played out on tablets. Adam came from God, but he broke the law. Jesus, the Bible says, he was born unto a virgin whose father was from heaven. And the Bible says he lived here amongst the people for 33 years approximately. And then he took a new covenant and carried it from here up to heaven and God signed off on it. You see, it's a picture where it's all tied together. Does this make sense? The interesting thing about it, though, is this. The interesting thing is, is God tells Moses in that second encounter, matter of fact, everybody just lift your hand like this and say, I receive, I receive everything, everything that God has for me. My mind is alert. My heart is attentive and I'll never be the same in Jesus name. Amen. Moses goes back up and when he gets back up on the mountain, it's very interesting. God tells him, he says, Moses, I'm going to kill everybody. This is the same thing that the man said about the tree. Cut that thing down. That thing hadn't brought me anything. Moses goes back up the mountain. God says, Moses, I'm going to kill them all. He said, but don't worry about it. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to make you a great nation. And Moses, the same way that Jesus did for me and you, just as a type and shadow, threw himself between the wrath of God and the people. And he said, 
if you kill them, then kill me too. In other words, will you give them one more shot? Will you give them one more year? The Lord says, for three years I've been looking for fruit. Cut it down. I don't want it wasting the soil. But Jesus said, would you give them one more chance? If I came, listen to this. He said, if I did this, he said, let me do this. He said, let me dig around it. Let me dig around the tree. Now, I have a a bit of an agricultural background where I'm from. It's kind of just part of life. But when you have soil, eventually you're going to need to replenish the soil or, or nothing will grow. Nothing that you want to grow will grow. So what you have to do, the, the soil will get compacted. It'll get pressed down. And it's very difficult for the roots of the vegetables and whatnot to penetrate that compacted soil. So what you do is you till it up. Has anybody ever farmed in your life? You know what I'm talking about? You till it up. And, and what happens is, is air is able to get in there and, and, and the, the soil gets uh, more viable and it, it's, it's easier to move around. And so the roots can, can do what the roots are supposed to do. But, but what's interesting is I, I, when, you, when, you, when you till up the ground, listen, It gets very unstable. Has anybody ever had some instability in your life? See, what happens is you you, you live for God, you serve God, you follow after the things of God, and then all of a sudden you sit there and you go, why is there no fruit in my life? I'm tithing, I'm offering, I'm I'm praying. Every six weeks I'm saying a 30-second prayer. What, what, what's going on? Why is, why is nothing happening? And you're looking, there's no fruit. And you go, why not? Why not? Why not? And then all of a sudden, as soon as you realize there's no fruit, all of a sudden, now it starts to get very unstable around you. Now all of a sudden, the boss walks in and said, I don't want to scare you, but we're going to be having some layoffs. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but I'm a tither. I, I, thought, I thought everything was supposed to be tiptoeing through the tomb. It's instability. And you start wringing your hands at the devil, and it's not the devil doing it. That's because in order for you to grow to the next level, there's going to have to be a turning of the soil for you to be able to grow to that next place. Because what happens is when the ground gets real stable, we get real stable. We get real fundamental in everything that we're going to do. And everything gets so predictable. And the problem with everything being predictable is you can't please God without faith. And faith is stuff that you can't see. So the minute you get into the realm that everything is absolutely taken care of and predictable and nothing is unstable in my life, now all of a sudden you forget how much you need God. So God has to send somebody in your life to begin to turn up the soil in your life so it will get unstable to the point where you'll begin to recognize if you're going to go to the next level, you're going to have to have God bring stability back in your life. Why do you think he kept calm in the sea? He sent the disciples across the sea and the storm showed up. They were precisely in the will of God. And all of a sudden, instability came. Now, now here, here's the situation. Instability is one side of it. But I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I've experienced it. Especially now when you start getting serious about uh, uh, what you're going to do for God and the seed that we're going to sow uh, towards next year and all that. You start getting serious about that kind of stuff. I don't know about you, but your stuff will start getting very unstable around you. You'll pray and God will be like, you'll be like, God, how much should I give? And you've never given more than 25 cents, okay? Not you, person next to you. But what I'm saying 
is you get praying and God tells you $5,000. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus, is that you? I don't speak Aramaic. I don't know if that was really him. $5,000. Oh, that's like almost worth a pair of shoes nowadays. And then you finally get to the place. You're like, okay, hey, if it's the Lord, I'll do it. And you think, because, you know, he's going to supply. And you think the next morning there's going to be a $5,000 check in your mailbox. But instead, there's a letter that's not good news. Because the minute you decide that you're serious about bearing fruit is the minute that instability is going to show up. Has anybody ever, am I the only one that has experienced this? It's just like, it's like as soon as you go, I'm going after it, Jesus, I'm going to do it. All of a sudden, bad report. Wait a minute. I thought I was healed by his stripes. Let let me tell you, when you, when, when you get to stop fighting, when you get to stop fighting the good fight of faith, when you exhale your last breath here and you inhale the breath of heaven, until then, you're an ambassador and a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you decide to get serious about the things of God, instability starts to show up. It's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? I thought it was going to be wonderful. I, I had no idea. I've never been to the hospital. I'm in the hospital. What's going on? It's unstable. How am I going to pay for it? I thought God told me to give. And, I, and now, now everything's unstable. And you think it can't get any worse. And you pray that prayer like, I just thank God. It can't get any worse. And then all of a sudden, somebody come drops some dung on you. He said, let me dig around the tree. Let me dung it. Let, let me tell you a technical term for dung. Poop. And it doesn't just, if you know farming, you don't just drop it. You mix it up. So you're like, oh my gosh, everything's unstable. And then all of a sudden something happens and you have this thought, but you don't say it because you're a person of faith. You have this thought. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have luck. You don't say it, but that's the thought you have. The devil is a liar. And you think, oh my, I can't catch a break. All these different thoughts, but you don't say it. I can't catch a break because you're trusting in the one that controls it all. So you're sitting there and instability shows up. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of stuff you can't explain. Because I understand there are some chemical things that happen. But I'm not really interested in how poop make things grow better. There's some stuff you don't understand. There's some stuff going on you don't understand. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to live for God the rest of my life. It's going to be wonderful. And you wake up the next morning to a sucker punch. Oh, what was that? All of a sudden, what you were standing on now feels unstable. That's because your roots can't go any deeper until he digs around it. He said, you're going to need something that brings something into your life. In other words, this, he said, I know the, 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 the fertilizer doesn't look good. I know the fertilizer doesn't always smell good. But God said this. He says, I'm going to cause all things to work together for good that love me and are called according to his purpose. 
So now all of a sudden, the instability is something that you don't sit there and, and you say, oh, this soil feels very, feels very funny. You start reciting those things that you've been heard that are planted down in your spirit. You start saying, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Then all of a sudden, that sucker punch comes and you go, oh, I thank God that all things are working together for my good. All of a sudden, Goliath starts shouting at you and you remember, no weapon formed against me will prosper. All of a sudden, something comes in your life and you say, the devil's trying to flood me. And you say, I know God's going to raise up a standard against him. You begin to walk and live by faith because you realize it's part of the cycle. Somebody say cycle. It's part of the cycle. There are cycles in the kingdom of God. The fruit needs the tree to grow, but the tree needs the soil to grow. The soil has to be replenished. The soil has to be managed. The soil has to be dealt with or the soil will... This is so crazy. The place of blessing can become a place of stagnation if it is not tended properly. Because he will take you from glory all the way to glory indefinitely. From glory to glory to glory to glory. That's the plan. The problem is I can't get from this glory until I'm willing to let go of the previous glory. Many people are holding on to yesterday's position and they are rejecting the thing that's actually going to cause the most fruit to manifest in their life. God, I thank you for Sacred Sunday. These these amazing testimonies are so good. I think, what role would you have me play? Okay, praise the Lord. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Whoa, wait a minute. What? I I didn't think that was going to happen, but but I still trust you, Lord. What is that smell? I was not expecting that. The problem is, it's a cycle. The fruit needs the tree. The tree needs the soil. The soil has to be replenished. And if any one of those factors falls out, it won't happen today. But you will have a season with no fruit. It doesn't happen instantly because if it happened instantly, everybody would tithe and offer. If it happened instantly, everybody would sow. But the problem is, if you break the chain, the cycle is broken in your life and you'll wake up one day and go, where's the fruit? And the question is, and again, I mean this very respectfully, the question is not where's the fruit. The question is, explain to me your seed. You see what I'm saying? Somebody say meat. This is the meat of the word of God. This is the stuff that will change your very life. This is the stuff that makes 2019 the year that God actually intends you to experience. Because without seed, there is no harvest. The scripture says, he said, let me do this. He said, for three years, for three years, Lord, for three years, there was no fruit. But but I'm asking you for one more year. You know, Jesus' ministry was a little over three years old. I believe God was ready to wipe the whole thing out. And Jesus said, would you give him one more year? If I would move the dirt around enough to plant something in it, 
if I would move the dirt around enough to plant an old rugged cross suspended between the heaven that they want to gain and the world that they have to shun. If I'm willing to move the earth around enough to get the soil moved so something could be planted and the Lord says, but there's going to need to be a replenishing. And Jesus said, would my crimson blood flowing down my leg and onto this beam into the ground suffice? You see, there is a necessity of the cycle to continue or before it's over, there'll be no fruit. Jesus said he endured the cross. Listen to this. Because of the joy set before him. He was enduring the nails, church, because he saw you. He saw you sitting here this morning. He saw your family saved from the grips of hell and all the things that would torment you here. He saw your marriage strong. He saw your face. He saw you and it caused him to endure all of, give him one more year, Lord. The Bible says this, seated next to the right hand of the father right now is a man named Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. And your Bible says this, he is constantly making intercession for you. That means when I drop the ball, he sends Crystal to correct me. That means when I drop the ball and the devil who is ever accusing you is trying to shout, look at Brian, look at what he did. He looks over at Jesus, says, you have anything to say? He said, would you give him one more chance? See, he's interceding for you and for me. Those of you who sow into this church, you're a partaker of every grace that's on this house. The video testimonies that we're showing and sharing over the next few weeks are people that came to our church in the year of 2018. And they are speaking to people that gave into our church in 2017 and before. In other words... It is the perfect picture of what we are talking about. God seeks fruit, but the cycle has to continue or eventually the fruit will stop. Let's all bow our heads. Father, as we see this next testimony, I'm asking you to prick our hearts. Who is it in our life that we're believing you for? Who is it in our life that needs one of us to stand in the gap and say, just give them one more chance. You don't need to be reminded of their sins. You need to be reminded of how gracious and loving you are to those who miss it. Lord, who is it in our life that we can love and point to you? Who is it in our life that we can bring to the house of God? See, if, if we weren't giving towards growth last year, this place wouldn't even be available. But because of the instability and the addition of the fertilizer and the giving in that moment, lives are changed. The fruit that you desire is delivered. So I'm asking you, Lord God, to speak to each one of us as we watch this powerful testimony. Do you guys know why you're here? No, sir. Not exactly, no. (laughs) 
Well, um, one, thanks again for coming. Um, every year, this time of year, we start talking about giving towards growth. This year, it's December 9th. It's what we call Sacred Sunday, where our church gets together and we all sow into the next year. We thank God for what He actually has done in the current year. And then we are sowing towards what we're believing God to do in our next year. When did you guys first come to New Heights Church? When was that? I think originally? Yeah. It was... 2012. Y'all were about to be one year old, so I think it was five years ago? So right. 2012? 2012, wow. And you were here even before that a little bit, just from, uh, not here, because mm-hmm. we weren't here, but that you guys have been from the very beginning. And would you say... Um, New Heights Church has had a, a great impact in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tremendous. Undoubtedly, we've seen the hand of God on y'all's life here, but then also you guys make a great impact in our church. And that's why we have you here as well. There's a couple that would like to talk to you for a few minutes, and they just wanted to share a little bit of their story with you because so often the hectic nature of life we can overlook some things or just uh, go too quickly past some celebrations so there's a couple here that are very nice very special you you know them you love them already but they just wanted to take a few minutes and share with you um, what you guys have actually sewn into and what new heights has meant to them cool yeah awesome well you guys are wonderful give me just a minute and they'll be here How are y'all? Good. How can you Good. Help? Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. I know we, we've introduced ourselves before, but I'm Kit Mateka, and this is my wife, Tiffany, and Hi. we're just here to tell y'all what the seeds that y'all sow in here have not been in vain, and we just want to share a little bit of our story and our testimony with you. So, I don't know if y'all know my testimony, um, right... <clears throat> I knew it. Right before we started coming to New Heights, um, I was struggling with addiction issues. Alcoholism was the main source of my addiction. Um, so I remember vividly because it's around Caden's birthday, May 22nd is his birthday. On May 16th, we came to church. I had, um, we had been here, I think, a week before, right? One week. And uh, we came to church, you had taken Sutton, and at that point, you remember, he was a screaming baby. I do, baby. I do, yes, so, of course. So, you know, me being anxious at the time, it really relieved me knowing that I could place him in good hands and that I could go to service that night. Um, I was struggling, and you didn't know at that time, but I was struggling with um, anxiety, depression. I was on three different medicines at the time to try to just find some source of relief. Um, and then the alcoholism as well. So that Wednesday that we came, you helped with my salvation, and you helped with me. I know, I know. You helped me be able to come and receive God that night because that night I decided to give my life back, but I also decided to say goodbye to those things. So on May seventeenth, 
is my sobriety date. It was the Thursday after that Wednesday where I came up and me and Pastor Larry, we prayed over it and then the next day it was gone. A month to that date, I said goodbye to my antidepressants and my anxiety medicine. Wow. So I am now on the verge of six months sobriety from alcoholism and five months without any medication. And it's all because of what y'all have done. Y'all welcomed in with open arms and y'all took my baby so I can go and receive God that night. So we appreciate everything that y'all do for us. And it's because of what y'all do for us that we're able to come receive the word. And so I can't tell you how much, I can't tell you how much it means to us. And I mean, since then, our family has, uh, it has grown deeper in our walk with Christ because of y'all uh, at New Heights Church. Uh, the members here welcomed us. And since then, as a, as a church and whole, our family has grown and bounds with our walk in, tri- in Christ. Now, we have two beautiful boys who, who love Jesus, who love God, who love coming to church, who, who evangelize every day they go to school and tell everybody they know about New Heights Church. I love that. And, uh, I mean, our relationship has never been... It's been stronger. It's been a lot stronger um, since coming to church. And, and, uh, and now that... Now we've allowed God and our family even more than what we did before. It, it's it's doing miracles, and it's through New Heights Church that this is uh, our family. You know, our support system it and, is because uh, of y'all. And you know, up until you know that we found this church completely and totally 100% by accident. We were eating at a Cajun restaurant here in town. Razzies. <laughs> I don't uh, know. It hasn't been. Oh, we yes, we were good. talking to the waitress who was a friend of ours about you know we were looking for a new church home. Trying to find something closer to town that we could go to a little more than what we had been, and we'd been jumping around. And uh, she told us about this wonderful couple that she had uh, waited tables on just here recently, and how they'd been in there a few times, and that they actually had a church right by where she lived, and uh, how the family was just the sweetest people she'd ever met, and and they were just godly people, and how they uh, they just made her feel like you know this was where she wanted to be. And she told us about where it was, and I mean. That was a Thursday, Sunday morning. We were here in church at 8 o'clock. From that first day, the from the, the parking lot crew, Ray, he met us at the door with a, with a, with a smile and a handshake and welcomed us here. Uh, we walked through the door, Miss Lucretia and John. We didn't tell anybody it was our first time here. We feel ashamed about that. We, <laughs> we, we kind of snuck through the doors, and uh, we sat there in the third row, and, and the first night we were here it was just a blessing it's because of you guys and, and the folks of new heights church that we have had a new sense of peace that we feel loved more now than we have ever felt loved and uh, there's not a day that goes by that we won't fight whatever needs to be fought to get to church on time so that we can, <laughs> we can try to to be, to be just like y'all we, we are striving to be that couple and uh, we look we look up to y'all we look up to so many of the members here at New Heights Church, Pastor Brian, Pastor Crystal, uh, Miss Ventress, and Mr. Donnie, uh, John, and Miss Lucretia, and it's because of y'all that our faith has grown. Like there's no words to say how much it's grown and uh, how much we love being here. And uh, from the first day we met Jake, I believe you're the first person's phone number I have whenever we come here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that first unspro- unbroken class, the, the third day we were, or third time we showed up to church. Yeah. And uh, 
we were just in there. It was just the two of us and you, and and you shared, <laughs> you shared your testimony and your faith with God. And New Heights Church has has meant so much in our lives. And we uh, we just thank y'all. And we appreciate y'all of so course. much. Can I give you another hug? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hi, I'm Kim Matega. And I'm Tiffany Matega. And thank you for giving towards growth. Because of you, we are part of the growth that you gave to. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.